Welcome back to the KooCast. My name is Nick, and today we are basically going through uh, the movie that is on everybody's lips, which is The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars Episode Nine. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. You are basically a person who's been living under a rock for the last I don't know how many years. You probably what you probably know what Star Wars is, and I'm joined today actually by a very special guest, Aaron Cheetah. Che- Aaron, how are you going? I was going to call you Cheetah. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, how are you going? I am very good, and that's not the worst thing people have called me <laughs> because that is in fact my name. So you are you are top scorer right there. Uh, excellent. Now. Uh, you saw the movie yesterday, right? Last night, so it's nice and fresh in my mind. Right. I also saw it yesterday as well for the second time because I wanted wow. to give this movie uh, a second go because I have, uh, as if anybody follows my Instagram feed, you know I have mixed feelings about this movie. I do like and don't like this movie at the same time, but I, I am seeing a lot of people who do like this movie. In fact, I think... There was a friend of mine on Instagram who suggested that this is a a masterpiece. Uh, I wouldn't I w- go that far. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't even go close to that far. But um, it is resonating well with a lot of people. So good on them for creating something that is reasonably palatable. But again, I have I have a lot of I have some problems with this movie, but probably but not as many as you think. But anyway, uh, well, that's my thoughts. What did you think of the movie, Aaron? I really liked it. Um, I can see where people didn't like it if they were fans of The Last Jedi. I wasn't that big a fan of The Last Jedi. Um, I didn't hate it as much as some people did, but I could see I definitely wasn't like super wrapped in it. But um, yeah, I think um, I'm definitely more of an Abrams fan than a Ryan. Um, what's his last name? I don't know. Ryan Johnson. Uh, Ryan Johnson. I thought that was it, but I wasn't sure. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Um, no, I uh, definitely wasn't a fan of Ryan Johnson's take on The Last Jedi, so I'm glad that J.J. Abrams um, was able to step back into the behind the reins for this one. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, it, it's definitely a J.J. movie. I don't think there's any other way to put it. He gave, I mean, they threw everything at this movie, and like, and I don't mean, and, I, and we will be getting into spoilers. So if you don't want to know what is happening with this movie, if you want to go see it for yourself and make up your own damn mind, then I suggest you turn off the podcast and then come back and listen to this podcast. But we are going to spoil everything about this movie. We're going to talk in depth about all the things that are happening in this movie. The Big Bad. I mean, it's not really a secret, but we are going to talk about the return of the Big Bad. Yeah. The, uh, the, the tons of cameos that were in this movie. Uh, some of the choices that I disagree with in this movie, but I'm sure Aaron will justify them for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and ge- and in general, how this this movie just ends the saga. Uh, in general, like, was it a wor- was it a worthy end of a nine part movie? Basically, anyway. So I'm giving you an opportunity right now to turn off your podcast and come back. But you have been warned. I'm going to put in a sound effect here, which has a bit of a siren or something. So you have been warned, and you have no one to blame but yourself. All right. Are we are we, are we ready? Are we ready to I'm go? I'm ready. I'm ready. We're I'm ready set. To, all right, here we go. So, the opening crawl. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull up the opening crawl, but it was... How did you feel about the opening crawl? Well, I can't, don't think I can really remember it that much, which shows you how much I, I liked it. But generally, I find Star Wars films generally start somewhere in the middle of the action. They don't really start you off calmly and... and, and and give and lead you into it. They just they drop you right at the um in the middle of things right from the, off the bat, and this was really the case with this one too. Um, so I don't know. What did you think? Tell me your thoughts. So, all right. So I've seen it twice. So the, I went on opening night, and it was midnight. I was super tired. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, there was as, as as I'm getting older, I'm just starting to realize midnight is not my not my uh, zone anymore. <laughs> Just, I'm not as old as you, yeah. and I realized that a long time ago. Yeah, and it, it, it was tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I actually didn't like the opening crawl. Um, Can you refresh my memory about what they said in there? Yeah. Something something about Kylo Ren. So, the first thing was that I'm trying to find somebody who might have accidentally snapped it, but basically it was uh, a, a, a voice is, is shooting across the galaxy. It is the voice... Emperor Palpatine is back from the dead, is uh, basically what the first so, part... So it spoiled that twist right off the get-go. Yeah, yeah. They're basically saying, Emperor Palpatine's back, get used to it, is what they're saying in the first paragraph mm-hmm. of that movie, mm-hmm. which was just... I, I mean, I gotta I gotta admit, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I know he's in the movie, but man, they're just... They're not hiding the ball at all. It is like, <laughs> this is where we are going. You're just going to have to get used to this yep. is where we're going. Well, was- the trailers kind of spoiled it anyway. Oh, so no, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that that was a surprise. I just mean as in like right off the bat, we are introduced to the fact that Palpatine is like front and center of why where this movie is. There's no mention. Of, there's pretty much no mention of The Last Jedi whatsoever mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. movie. And every mention there is of The Last Jedi in this movie is... Just to tell you that we heard that you hated The Last Jedi. Now we're going to fix that problem with this scene or this exposition, which is yep. so right off the bat. It was just like, okay, we've got it. We've got the new big bad. It's Palpatine. He, Papa, Papa Palpatine's back. And you don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he's up to. And uh, man, it, and then the second paragraph was um, Leia's get, training Ray. I think was the second paragraph, so that's where we're. Yeah. Going. So it's it's. I don't know what I th- I'm not 100 percent sure what the time is between episode eight and episode nine. I'm assuming mm. it's a few years because you know Ray's been trained. You would think so. Um, and the the resistance is getting their stuff back together. I think the first yep. order is also getting their act back together as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I look forward to all the um, all the other TV series and books and stuff that, you, that are going to fill in the gaps between episodes eight and nine. There's a lot of gap filling. Yeah. I mean, there is a jump. Mm-hmm. I remember I watched a review uh, earlier this week that basically said you could almost watch episode 
seven and then jump stri- straight to episode nine to make <laughs> it would almost make no difference. Yeah, uh, that'll work. So, I have a question for you though, Nick. Yes. If they had revealed Palpatine as some sort of twist in the movie, like if we hadn't known he was in there or only known from the trailers and they hadn't introduced him right off the top, right off the bat, and rather had done some kind of tacky reveal or something halfway through the movie, like, and here's Palpatine, would that have worked better than what they did? Would no, you have preferred I, it that no, way? No, I, I don't think so. I think... Um I think it was ballsy of them to go right off the bat, but I think it was better for them to go that direction because it sets the tone for the rest of the film. And the tone for this film is straight out bonkers, man. Like they just they double down on everything. It's like you like you like X wings. We're going to give you so many X wings. Yeah. You like Tie Fighters. We're go- actually we didn't see that many. Well, there was a few first order Tie Fighters. You like all those ships from the original trilogy? We're going to give you so many of those ships. Lots Star of, Destroyers. Lots of fan service in this movie. They they just doubled down so hard in this movie, which mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of applaud for being so ballsy about it, but geez, like it's just it is just balls to the walls nostalgia all the way through yeah. this movie. And I didn't mind that. I liked it. Like I, 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 I admit. I, I'll give them a pass for that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it is in essence. It was well. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, I have the feelings I have about Force uh, about this movie is the similar feeling I have about Force Awakens in the sense, like, yeah, all right, it's serviceable, but it doesn't actually introduce anything new in that respect. It kind of mm-hmm. just gives you kind of what the fans want, which is, I know that sounds like well, that's exactly what the fans want, but in an essence, I kind of don't want what the fans want. I kind of want to see something new. But, yeah. Um, but that's that. That is some gripes aside. I'm not going to get what I want. And I, I've, despite what people feel about the Last Jedi and how you feel about how they treated everything, I give them at least a little bit of credit that they were trying to steer the franchise in a slightly different direction. Yeah. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like these movies were the was the place to do it. Like they they have such a play, they have such a special place in people's hearts, and they've been around for so long. They just at least for this. Skywalker saga they need to stick to the um stick to the the same sort of feel and that all the other movies have had and to change it up so much like the last Jedi I did I feel was a bit too just a bit much save that for the uh, th- another trilogy that some other that they can do later with some other different characters and you know, I leave leave the Skywalker tr- saga to like the same sort of kind of pulpy action fantasy kind of feel that the others have had well, that's the other, the other thing too is that I feel like everything we just saw in The Force Awakens and Last Jedi and now this, The Rise of Skywalker, was already done and better in the original trilogy is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, visual effects wise, you know, this is this is some of the most beautiful stuff you're going to see in this trilogy. Actually, mm-hmm. I would dare say this is probably the, some of the most beautiful stuff you'll see in any of the Star Wars movies in general, there's one particular scene towards the uh, sort of beginning, like the beginning of the third act where they're fighting on the Death Star with the waves. And yeah. I think that is such an amazing scene. Like you think about the the way I, I was actually kind of geeking out at the how they would have put that together. It looks so good. Like <laughs> it actually looks like they're fighting on top of some sort of thing amongst <laughs> waves that are crashing behind them. And it's so dramatic. And let me tell you, those waves gave me a real sense of 
what's the fear of the ocean? The tasselophobia, something like that. Yeah, I was feeling it so hard with those waves. I was like, I do not want to go in that water. Do you have fear? I do. Like in deep water, when I can't see the bottom, like I'm just freaking out. I would do that. (laughs) And when Ray was going over the water in that skimmer, I was like, glad I wasn't. Glad, Glad I'm not in her shoes. I'm telling you right now, man, water sims in movies are getting pretty damn good. They look so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact, yeah, it was, uh, well, I can imagine if you're afraid of the water, of the oceans, I can understand yeah. you would feel that way <laughs> with that scene. It was it was pretty full on. Um, anyway, so going back to the crawl, I don't remember actually what the third part of the crawl, I can't remember the. there's a third part of this crawl. Oh, yeah, they're going to look for, they're getting information about a spy or something. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that was the third part of the that crawl. Was the whole, that was what? the whole thing with their... Oh, no. their so well, that was a, that no. was that spy thing was the first was no. the whole was the part of the the first part of their mission wasn't it yeah the f- first part of the film sorry the third part of the crawl was about Kylo Ren looking for the wayfinder to f- he he basically spends the next so the crawl is that he spent a, a, a large chunk of time basically looking for this wayfinder yeah to find Palpatine and so that's where we're caught up to is that we join Kylo Ren and he's uh, he's on a planet chopping down some. Random aliens for some, some bad guys. Yeah. Well, are there bad guys? They well, just might be true, the keepers. Of, they just might be keepers of the wayfinder. So because be, up until this point, he's been the bad guy. Yeah, and he so, still is. And so what, these are my, as far as we know, these could be good guys. Exactly. I want to point out though that these new Star Wars movies. We we start out with Kylo Ren. He's on the planet. He's chopping down these guys. You know, in, in flamboyant fashion in slow mo, mind mm-hmm. you. Um. Chopping down these guys in a very stylistic slow mo fashion it is it is amazing visuals actually. Um, I I will I will give them that that it is an amazing visual scene and it's just montage for about probably about a good five minutes of the first you know first five minutes of that movie is just a montage of him just looking for stuff. Love a good montage. Yeah, nothing and, works better in a movie than a montage. Yes, <laughs> especially yeah. Uh, Nice fancy music to go across the top of it. That's true. Music was on on yeah on point this uh this movie yeah. too, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, and so we 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 go to uh, this this we go to Exegol. We what we a name Exegol. Yeah, it's, it feels weird, like the name of a, a dragon from a fantasy high fantasy epic or something like that. Well, yeah, maybe it sounds. <laughs> It sounded like a it sounded like a petrol company to me, but <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that works. <laughs> anyway, so Exegol and we're, we're this is where we meet um Emperor Palpatine. Well, we hear his voice first, which is actually man, I don't know what it was like in your cinema, but it was like booby. It was like uh, yeah. I can't even do a yeah it's, what did he <laughs> yeah. even say? Oh, D- son, even... Of, son of Skywalker. I kind of really do a. That's pretty good. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a good. Ian McDiarmid reprising his role as the Emperor was pretty pretty good. Yeah, although they kept his face pretty black. Yeah, throughout the whole thing, I'm, I wasn't sure, and that, I kept thinking that was maybe they were trying to hide the bad makeup or his age or something like that. But um, I don't know. It it kind of worked. Yeah, but w- could, yeah. But I just couldn't help but feel like they're trying to hide something from keeping it black from a production perspective and it kind of wrecked it for me but you know everything else the whole thing about reveal about him being clones and seeing all this snake or the snow is it snape snope snoke 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 i'm, I'm getting my harry potter and um star wars confused. Snape. snoke snape clones in the thing is um was um really cool i like how they revealed that he'd made snoke and and all that sort of stuff and 
So, yeah, we find out that Snoke is a clone, which mm-hmm. was interesting. Again, just a little bit of a middle finger to The Last Jedi fan. Yeah, but a, good, but a good call back to the original trilogy. Yes. Because we know they can do clones and they can do clones well. So it's not that out of left field that um, that um, Snoke was a close clone and now the Emperor is a clone, which which um, I, need, uh, I need, still can't get right in my head. So what do you mean? As in you, you don't get the idea that... Well, is the this Emperor a clone, but yet he has the memories of when he died on the second Death Star... Oh, how does right. that work? Are there other emperor clones? What's the deal going on with that? I don't, I don't, I didn't get it at the time. So I heard rumors that there has a comic book that reinforces the idea that Emperor Palpatine has cloned himself before. This is not the first time he's done it. Oh. Um, but I don't know in terms of where where that is in the spectrum of like where his memory is or how he manages to back himself up so or who is who is continuing to clone him is the other question so um but yeah it was a nice callback to the clone wars i mean we know that technology exists because obviously there was a movie called attack of the clones yeah a whole tv series called clone wars exactly which you know is coming out again next year which is good we'll get another yeah the new season that's awesome. Uh, which is kind I have of to cool. watch the first few first. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get through the rest of Clone Wars to figure out what's going on. It is a pretty good show though. I do like it. It is, but yeah. they they don't apparently there's a they don't show them in order. Like the original first four seasons aren't in like broadcast in the correct order you need to watch them. There's a list out there that I have that shows you the correct order, which is weird. On oh, the the way they've done it on Disney Plus. No, just, well, just in general, the way it was originally released. I'm not sure if it's the same on Disney Plus, but um, yeah, they they for some reason the the episodes are all out of order. Oh, yeah, all right. good to know. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Um, all right, and we we do get this one line, which I did, which you know, which did give me a little bit of the uh, chills because it was a, definitely a line that I love from the original trilogy, ah, from the prequels, which is where Palpatine mentions that. You know, uh, freak. Let me call. Let me bring out this line so I don't get this wrong. But, um, uh, what does he say? You know, when he's sitting with Anakin, like originally Palpatine is sitting with Anakin in that chamber, and he says, like, the the ways of the Sith can lead to something some consider unnatural or something on those lines. You know that line? I don't really remember much of the original trilogy, to be honest. I think I've only ever seen the last, the second episode two and three at the movies, and haven't watched them since. Yeah, let me look. Let me look this up. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you, uh, fill in, fill in the rest of this scene for a second while I have a look at. <laughs> I don't think I can. I just remember the basics of the scene. Like, I think Kylo's come there to kill him or something. I really should have been taking notes, and. Yeah, I can't really remember much of this scene, to be honest. Just the general gist of it. Have, how, have, how much luck are you having finding? I found it. You found it? Yeah, I found it. Yeah, hang excellent. On, hang on. Hang on. I'm scrolling. <laughs> scrolling. I'm you're really, scrolling. You're really trying to avoid having dead air, aren't you? That's nah, all right. Hang <laughs> on. Oh, frig. This is the best quote, though. I just love that they quoted this. I should have I should have, um, I should looked it up. Uh, I should have um, taken more notes. That's what I should have done. 
Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, so the scene originally in the original trilogy, I probably should have just found the clip in general, but I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you okay. just because. So Palpatine says, "Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis?" Oh the yes. And he goes, "No." <laughs> this became a yeah. this became a meme. I know this. <laughs> I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord as a Sith, so powerful and so wise. He could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side. He could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. Anyway, so he goes on and then and then Anakin says he could actually save people from death. Palpatine replies, the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. And he quotes an exact same line in this scene, which is is a great. I love that callback. It was a great callback because I was like, "Ah, oh, that's so awesome." If he was going to say one line, I'm glad he said that one line. <laughs> he does say, and he also does say, "Do it" a little bit at the end of the at the end of the movie. I don't know if you noticed that, but he yeah, um, do it. That's the very famous Palpatine line. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember that Darth that Darth Plagueis the Wise thing yeah. has been around on the internet for ages, and I always thought it was like a something from one of the. Um, TV, there's something else like not from the actual movies, but I'm glad it actually came from one of the movies. I really have to go back and watch them all in order once they all come out. Yeah, there. It's. I still feel like uh, episode two is a tough watch. I like it, but it is a tough watch because it's not very well paced. It's actually a little bit, and the the VFX are a little bit. They're a little bit too experimental. Like they're kind of in that middle ground where. Uh, photorealism hasn't quite kind of been achieved yet so it's yeah. sort of a little bit video gamey in a lot of sections especially the um the the stuff in the desert where they're all basically it's like a hundred million clones versus a hundred million droids yeah. it's not it's interesting too i just watched um a, a documentary about all the practical effects that were in the original prequels and mm-hmm. there's so many more than anybody thinks um, there are tons and tons of miniatures or bigatures in those movies that nobody knows about. Everybody just assumes that a lot of the sets were just like done to computer. It's like, nah, a ton of them was just miniatures. That well, they- that's what I remember the most about the um, original trilogy was come episode two and three, he was using so much CG and it just looks so fake. Right. Especially um, who's the main bad guy with the, the droid with the multiple arms in that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's General Grievous. Grievous, and he just looks so bad. That's the main thing that I take away, remember from those movies, which is probably not a good thing if that's all you remember. Yeah, so, but that's, that's why I think a lot of people, uh, what was I saying? And this is where this is this guy was basically saying, the reviewer was basically saying, no, you're remembering wrong. You're remembering the movie being bad, but you're blaming the effects for why it was bad. And I think that's, oh. I think that's why, because he says, if you watch the original trilogy, the effects aren't that good, like in terms of, but you still remember them fondly because you loved the movie. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that if you if the movie was better written, you would have liked them. You would have not cared about the effects. But because the effects, because the movie doesn't like a lot of that movie emotionally and uh, plot wise. Oh, the plot's not bad, but dialogue wise is really bad. Um, I can't defend the the dialogue in the prequels, unfortunately. But it just <laughs> doesn't like a lot of it doesn't land emotionally for me. Um, but I, I hate s- sand. It's so coarse yeah, and rough. Yeah. It gets everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's all that <laughs> stuff that doesn't land. And I think that's why a lot of people had a weird reaction to the prequels. I, I love them either way, but they're just, they're very, very flawed. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's kind of a it's kind of a mixed bag, which is why I think the VFX gets a rough a rough go at it because uh, they're not bad, they're just not. But it is uh, people people will criticize it for being the effects when it's not the effects at all. I don't think mm-hmm. it's uh, it's the 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 pacing, the story, the dialogue that just has a lot of issues of it. And uh, <laughs> like I said, with the with episode two, I mean, you think about all the movies that you watched during childhood. Have you watched the Goonies again? I don't know. No, I've never seen the Goonies. I know it's it's terrible. Right. I should go back. And- I'm trying to think of a movie that you would have grow- grown up watching that you thought had really great VFX, but you go back and watch it. Again. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park There's is still the- pretty good. Yeah, that's got really good effects. Yeah, but they uh, they but like I said, you the the effects. Actually, it's interesting because if you watch Jurassic Park 1 and then you watch Jurassic Park 2, the effects in Jurassic Park 2 are worse than the effects in Jurassic Park 1. But that also could be the fact that Jurassic Park 2 was just not a great movie either. I I disagree. I still like Jurassic Park 2. (laughs) I'm one of the rare people that likes Jurassic Park 2. Not as much as the first one, but I still like 2. It's the third one that sucks, but that's a whole other podcast we can do. Oh, here's a great movie. Godzilla, (laughs) the 1996 Godzilla (laughs) movie. Everybody still- pans that as being a terrible movie and the effects being really bad, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. The effects are actually really, really good. It's just the movie is really terrible. <laughs> I, I still remember the animated series that came after that because they, since the movie did so bad, they couldn't afford to do a sequel with all the baby Godzillas that got hatched at the end of that yes. movie. So they did it all in an animated series instead and it was um, really interesting. I can't remember <laughs> whether it was good or not, but I know I watched it. But you saw it anyway. I did. All right, did. We're, we're tanging a little bit too hard here. We that's, are. That's, that's my bad. Sorry. We need that. to get back into into the actual into, movie. Um, All right, you didn't come yes. here for Jurassic Park talk. You came here for Star Wars talk. So <laughs> yeah. we came here. Um, basically, so we we, we we flash forward. We see Ray, and he's, she's floating rocks. She, and she's trying. Yeah. She's trying she's to saying, be with me. Be with me. Then. They're not with me, and she falls. Yes, and it was that, that got a laugh in my cinema for some reason. It is pretty funny. Like it's it's a bit of a weird scene. This is the other thing too about this movie. I kind of was like, ah, oh, it's. But I have to kind of accept this is just the new Star Wars. They just there are so many jokes. Yeah, like nobody seems to take this seriously at the moment. Like everybody's just bickering and making quips. I mean, they did that in the original series. I get in the original trilogy. I get it. Not so much though. Like this is noticeably funny. Yeah. Like, this and The Force Awakens definitely had a lot of jokes in there. Yeah. Which um, I don't know that they were good, but they kind of felt out of place. They all felt out of place to me. Like, yeah. You know when in The Force Awakens, the first joke they land was when Kylo Ren is interrogating Poe and he says, who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and so they, yeah. they kind of continue this sort of this, this quippiness, this jokiness all the way through. Um. And I don't know, like I get, I get this is just what they got to do, but I don't know. It feels really out of place. Like they did this in Last Jedi as well. They did way too much of this in The Last Jedi. Actually, oh yeah, the whole thing with Luke throwing the lightsaber behind his. Yes. It's just not, yeah, just did not work. No, I was, uh, the more I think about that scene, the more I think like, it didn't have to be over the shoulder. Like if he wanted to show his disdain for the, for the the lightsaber i think he should have just walked past ray you know what i mean like not he didn't even have to take the saber you could have just went yeah i just or just I, turn it on the ground in front of him or something yeah. i don't know just not that like it's just yeah and I, I think that's the other thing too is that i think i can understand why people hated the way they handed luke in the last jedi but mm-hmm. i think that was a good i thought that was an interesting arc there to follow it's just that they just kind of messed up the way that they handled it 
Well, that was the original. That was always the intention with this trilogy was to have this film about Luke, having Luke die and the next film having being Leia's story yeah, and right. having her die. So they kept. I'm amazed they were able to keep as much to their original plan as they did, considering. Um, um, that, uh, well, Carrie, G- Carrie Fisher died. Yeah. yeah. So um, and I'm so actually surprised they got as much footage from her as they did for this film. Like I'm surprised they were actually able to make a, a legitimate proper story out of her for this one yeah with her, with her training ray and everything they did a good job incorporating her footage in there obviously mm. they didn't cg her which is pretty impressive actually i mean as in they didn't obviously do a, a recreation of her they just use existing footage it's yeah quite, I which, mean, I was, which i was wondering whether they actually kept to yeah or whether they whether they actually um changed it because i was trying to think about how they how this whole thing of her training ray could have fit into any of the other stories and i couldn't pick it because it just fits so well the way they did it into this film that because they were talking about stuff that was obviously going on like in terms of you know after the last jedi so i couldn't i couldn't figure it out did they have her act in front of a green screen and just put her in whatever environment they could i'm not sure yeah, I have a feeling they would have filmed her against something they composite. Either that or they had some really good rotoscopers. So I don't, yeah. I'm not 100% sure what they did, but they did a fantastic job incorporating her into the scene. Although I was noticing that a lot of the lines they chose her to use were very kind of like generic lines. I yeah. was actually thinking like, what could I write here to just fit with what she's saying? Yeah, um, they didn't fit. They tried to yeah make them fit too much, but they just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. There were just sort of scenes that just... It's not obvious. If you... I mean, I would say that if you didn't know that she had died to... This is the other thing. If you didn't know she had died, uh, I don't think you would know that those lines were lifted from The Last Jedi. Like, as in... No. But because you kind of know, you kind of realize, actually, that scene doesn't look like it fits there. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing... Because you know, I think, is the other problem, is that because you know that yep. she's not actually there. But, I mean, they did the best they could. I think they did the best they could of actually trying to wrap her story arc. Yeah, I think it was... She finally got the um, kind of goodbye that she needed, yeah. a proper goodbye in this film. And even though you can tell that um, the actress... There was obviously someone else playing her in certain parts when you couldn't see her face. Yes. That I think it was... They, they said goodbye to her in a really good way this yeah, time. It was a good nod. I, I think yeah. it was a nice way to send her off. And I, I think even at the end where we see... Force Ghost, uh, Luke and Leia, which is kind of a nice nod as well. Mm. Although at the end, to, to shoot right to the end part, why, I wasn't wondering why we didn't see any more of Force Ghosts. Like I wanted to, I guess because Ray didn't really know them. But I really wanted to see Anakin. I wanted to see, I just wanted to see the whole family of like Obi-Wan, Yoda. But I guess they're people that Ray didn't really know. So that understands why they wouldn't have shown up. But it still would have been nice to see them at the end. Yeah. Oh, well. It would It would, It would. have been... It would have been nice to just, after Ray leaves, like the rest of them just turn up and just like, hey, what's happened, dude? Uh, <laughs> yeah, big old family reunion. I've never liked the idea of Force Ghosts in Star Wars because it's kind of like a second afterlife. Where, like we saw in this one where Luke is just as capable in as a Force Ghost than he was in real life. Like he's catching things, he's, he's moving things with the Force, but that's probably way ahead. But yeah, I never, I don't know. It just felt like a bit of a... Um, a uh, like unnecessary 
Like he was like he might might as well have just stayed alive because he's just as good as a force ghost as he was when he was alive. But now he's but anyway. But now he can transport himself anywhere unless he's stuck on off two or something. Well, he could do that in the when he was alive, wasn't he? Because that's what he did in the Last Jedi. He transformed, he transported at least his um, essence or his image over to the other planet. Yeah, I, the rules are a bit funny, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, him catching the lightsaber after Ray throws it. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, uh, another, again, another middle finger to the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that was so, that was so on the nose. Like, hey, look at me. I actually caught it this time. <laughs> it's like, see, I do want my lightsaber. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the, and there was also that, uh, nice, do you say homage where, uh, yeah, Luke lifts the X-Wing out of the, uh, out of the, the river or the, the ocean? The ocean, yeah. That like, was, that was nice. Yeah. And, I like that. And the same music as, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Was it Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. And the same music as Empire Strikes Back where he lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp. As mm-hmm. Yoda lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, the, I think the way they, they tie, they tied up Luke's character in this movie was a, a nice, it was the, it was essentially what we were looking for from, yeah. from The Last Jedi, I think. But I would have liked to have seen more of Luke. Like, I feel like we saw more of Leia. Yeah. Than we did of Luke. Yeah. Oh, which, definitely. Definitely. Um. Which, I don't know. If you've got the actor still alive, let's include him more. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Especially since he was such a part of the, um, original the um original trilogy oh yeah not the not the prequel trilogy but the original trilogy but whatever but you know what the other thing too that bugged me and this is not this is not a a slam on the rise of skywalker this is actually more just like when i guess i kind of understood a bit more when i saw luke in this one and being the luke that we remember it made me kind of realize what a missed opportunity they had of actually making him more heroic you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. Because, and I kind of get why people are upset now because I'm like, yeah, actually, that would have been so much cooler if uh, if he actually kind of became the hero we wanted him to be. Yeah. Because um, he, he kind of like disappeared. Like there's a lot of the expanded universe stuff that sort of explores Luke a bit better. And he's such a, he's so much more of a, of a mentorish character and yeah. he's, does so much more than you know what he did in the films and it's just yeah a bit of a wasted opportunity i think oh massively wasted opportunity like it okay. was just it, it actually made me sad that i was like oh we're never gonna see we're never gonna see that movie now you know mm-hmm. we're never mm-hmm. gonna see the movie where carrie uh luke and han are in the one place you know what i mean like they're yeah never, they're never gonna hang out together anymore living it up on Coruscant. Coruscant. coruscant <laughs> yeah or wherever Tatooine is that where they where they hang out? I don't know why. Um, why do you reckon he brought? Why do you reckon she brought the lightsaber back to Tatooine? I mean, apart from the fact that it was just for pure nostalgia, so they can set it up for another another series of movies <laughs> where somebody finds it buried in the desert and goes on another adventure. Of course. <laughs> It's just so that Ray could look at the twin sons. That was pretty much all. That was my yeah. only reason, just so they yeah. could have that last shot. It was pretty much just a way of tying it, tying up the story, and having a bury the bury the story with the lightsabers and end it in a nice with a nice bow on top. Pretty much. Pretty much. She could have kept it in a museum, like the sacred text texts, but no, she had to bury it underground where way way in the future someone's gonna find them because you know they will mm. and it's gonna ruin the whole um 
pathos at the end of this film, just like having the Emperor die at the end of Return of the Jedi did for these ones, because you know he's not really dead now, but whatever. Well, he could come back. He could be just the, the bad guy that always comes back. They can do whatever they want, and you know they will if they can make money out of it. Yeah. I really hope they don't bring back Palpatine a third time. <laughs> no, I think I, th- they've got another Palpatine now. They've got Ray, so have her lead all the stories. Have a have a Palpatine trilogy that's just all her. Yes. Well. Um, yeah. So, what did you think of the Kylo and Ray uh, kissing at the end? I thought it was pretty. Like that was all that stuff was pretty predictable. Like you knew she was going to kiss him and. And it was either going to go one of two ways. One of them was going to die. He was going to die, which has ended up what happened. Or they were going to go happily ever after and, like, live in, get married, have kids, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, of course, you can't have someone who's just been so evil all throughout and killed so many people just living and everybody just forgiving him and everything's all (laughs) hunky-dory. So he kind of had had to die. So it's kind of like what other choice do you have, really? What else is going to happen? He, he was a genocidal maniac, really, wasn't he? Like, he was just, mm-hmm. uh, he was killing everybody. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't a great dude, and he was a, he committed a lot of a lot of terrible things. So, actually, I did tell that to a friend's son that, because uh, he knows all of, like, he knows how terrible Kylo is, and I told him, because he just wanted to know what happened, because he's not going to be able to see it, unfortunately. But he wanted to know what happens to Kylo and Ray, and I told him about this one scene. He's like, What? Why would she? Why would she kiss him? Well, how old is this kid? For a start? he's like eleven. Yeah, well, they're probably at that age. They're not really understanding why she would kiss him. No, 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 girl- no, not, not, not. She, he understands that. He, he. What he said was, "Why would she kiss him? He's a psycho." Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a redemption story. He's the he's guy. All good by the end, yeah, he's the guy who murdered Han Solo. <laughs> Look, if they can make Anakin be a good guy in the last five seconds of Return of the Jedi, they can do it with this film, I think. I think the audience gets it, that they can suddenly transform a bad guy into a good guy for, for like, with no other, you know, nothing else going to happen, just and have him die at the end. It's actually kind of a mirror of Return of the Jedi. Actually, actually. now that you mention this, exactly what it is. It is exactly yeah. a mirror of Return of the Jedi. This whole movie mm-hmm. is actually a mirror of Return of the Jedi, amongst other things, but... I mean, the throne room scene is almost an exact ripoff of, uh, actually, but I guess in this respect, uh, Ray kind of saves herself to some degree, but she pulls on the, uh, the, the voices of the Jedi, which, um, yeah. Uh, did you get all the voices that were there? Like I recognize Mace Windu in there. 50, I think. Yeah. 50, the second time I noticed 50% more, I noticed about 50% of them, but, um, I'll give, I'll give you the list. The list yeah. of Jedi's that were in that scene were Anakin Skywalker. Uh, we also have like which one? Hayden Christensen. Hayden, or Hayden the- Christensen. Okay. Lumera Unduli, which is a voice from the uh, the Clone Wars. We have Ahsoka Tano. Um, oh, yeah. We have Ay- Ay- Ayala Sakura. I don't know who that is. She's also a character from the Clone Wars. Obviously, we had we had Sam Jackson playing Mace Windu. Yep. We recognize had that one. Ewan McGregor playing Obi Wan. We had Yoda, nice. obviously. Um, yeah, got that one. We Did had, we have the one from the video game? The new one? Oh, uh, no. We no. have uh, Eddie Galia. I'm getting these all wrong. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans, if you know who these people are. I haven't watched all the Clone Wars, <laughs> so forgive me. Uh, or Rebels or whatever the new... Kanan, we did have Kanan. Jar- I was actually surprised they had Kanan in there, actually. I've, um, oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, good. 
Um, Qui-Gon Jinn was in there as well. Oh, really? And it's weird that they would have ones that she wouldn't necessarily know in there. Like, she wouldn't recognize. Like, she wouldn't know who Qui-Gon Jinn was. Well, let's be fair. It's only the Star Wars. It's only the Jedis that we know. It's, Ooh, it's not the Jedi that she knows. Um, and Luke, and obviously Luke was in there as well because he makes it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, she basically pulled, so I guess she pulls from the power of the, uh, uh, the, the, the Jedi's from the past to defeat. And I did know, I didn't get the, sim- I didn't get the symbolism originally, but it is Luke and Leia's, uh, lightsabers in the cross that defeat the Emperor. I don't know if you noticed ah, that. So, I hope so. Uh, was it? But which? Who? Who had Anakin's? I guess does Luke have Anakin's lightsaber? Because uh, it was Anakin's lightsaber in there as well, wasn't it? I thought that was supposed to be Luke's. Maybe that was supposed to be Anakin's. Anakin's and Leia's. I'm not sure. I thought it was Luke and Leia's, but um, let me think. Luke's is the no. Anakin's is a slightly different shape. It was Luke's one because it was the one that is. Uh, it's a bit rounder. Like I think they're on on Anakin's original one. It's like mm-hmm. it has more ridges on it, and I'm pretty sure it's the one that is from Return of the Jedi. But that's a green one as well. Yeah, yeah. Freak. Now I'm confused. Maybe it was Anakin's one. Anyway, Hi. the power of two Jedi's. <laughs> and suddenly, oh yeah. The other thing too was interesting was that uh, Leia was suddenly a Jedi. She was being trained to be a Jedi right after Return of the Jedi. So that was something that they sort of just dropped yeah. on us as well. And it's another story we can't get now because there's no Carrie Fisher, which is a shame. But we do have CG Carrie Fisher. Uh-huh. Yes, I guess. And they have done other actors doing their voices in the past, haven't they? Yeah. I know in the Clone Wars series they had different actors doing the characters' parts. So I guess they could do that for Carrie Fisher as well. So we might get something. Well, they could easily just re- recast her. If they're doing just a standalone Leia movie, just about her training as a Jedi... I reckon they should just honestly they should just recast her as somebody else. We'll see. Yeah. It might be a bit of a disservice to like the fans if they recast Leia. No, but I mean, unless, well, they, unless they, it's they, an animated series or something. What are they gonna do? They can't. It's not like it's like when they made the Solo movie. Actually, the Solo movie, which I don't know why people don't like this movie. Actually, I don't. I actually liked it. I actually thought yeah, it was so quite did good. I. Yeah, um, I liked it too. I don't know why people pan, like pan it so hard. It's like it's actually pretty. It's a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Um. But also Harrison Ford isn't dead, so it wasn't quite so bad having him. And I guess it was a different actor as well. So I don't think that I understand why there wouldn't be any outrage about that. But you know, if they had to do a young Leia movie, because we've seen how young Leia, and that was Carrie Fisher when she was younger. So I don't know how they'd pull it off unless it was an animated film. Well, we've seen young Harrison Ford too. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're gonna do it, like, if you don't have the technology to basically re. Like, we don't have the technology that's good enough, I reckon, to do a whole movie where we do a face replacement on, on, on Leia. Like, I don't think it's... It's not even close yes. to being there. Yes. Yes. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's there yet. I, I don't think it's even close to being there yet. I think they're getting closer, but it's not. I'd be very... I'd be very... It'll be at least another 10 years, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just, it just hasn't quite got... I don't think we've got the compute power to figure that stuff out yet. In fact, <laughs> I think it's going to be... You know how they're doing deep fakes at the moment? Yeah. yeah, I reckon it's going to be that. Te- stuff. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be that technology that does it in the future because I think hand animated and mocap isn't quite good enough to kind of get the everything right. But mm-hmm. somehow the computer knows it better. Somehow I don't know how, but it seems to know it a lot better. Smarter than us. Yeah, it is. It is smarter than us. All right, it'll be um, Skynet eventually. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Palpatine. Oh, um, can I mention the Palpatine scene? 
where he starts shooting lightning into the sky <laughs> and starts pulling down those uh that whole last scene with Palpatine is just but wait do we jump into the last scene yeah, yeah we're, we're jumping all over the place this is like we're probably <laughs> not going to cover tons of this movie because it's like by the time we cover it all it'll be like three hours but we'll get, we'll get to what we can yeah. um wh- okay so when I saw that scene I was like oh my gosh this is this is insane like I was just thinking somebody thought of this scene in like a writer's room and thought well let's have Palpatine shooting lightning into the sky and bringing down all the ships <laughs> that is just some op crap right there it's just insane stuff um i don't know what you thought of it but i was just like what did you think of it the first time you saw it i think it was i think it was, i was just overstimulated by this point it was like all the action stuff that was going on i just i couldn't process any of it like there was just so much stuff going on it was just too much like it was all it was all good but it was just like this happening here and this happening here it was just all at once it was just overwhelming but um, yeah, it was all a bit much, I think. There was a, it was so much. It was a lot to take in, and that's why mm-hmm. when I that's why I felt like I had to go see the second time to see like uh, when you kind of piece it together, it's actually a lot more enjoyable the second time because you understand what's going to happen next. So that's yeah. The first time is is it is on a first impression, it is a jumbled mess. Like it just goes all over the place so quickly. Like Mm -hmm. it's more kinetic than a Michael Bay movie. Like it's just insane how much they cover in this movie. I was surprised at how fast the edits were cutting together and how they, how they, even the actor's dialogue was like, Mm. was going, especially at the opening bit where they first met back on that planet. And it was just like, they were saying stuff and then everything was going all over the place. It was like, oh, is the whole movie going to be like this? And it, it, and it was. And it wasn't that all <laughs> the way through the movie. Like, it's, that's, that's the biggest criticism I have about this movie is that there's just no... Uh, it's not a lot of reprieve for you to kind of catch your breath. Yeah, they had to cram so much yeah, in. It just keeps going and going. And I guess that's kind of one of the reasons why it's not a boring movie, but it is, it is just... It sort of glues you to the back of your chair a lot yeah. of it because you're just like trying to take everything in. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Well, they had to answer so many questions and tie up so many loose ends. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. It was good, but it was a lot. Yeah, it was it was full on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, so I, I like some of the new stuff, the new force. So they kind of, the one thing they did pull over from The Last Jedi, which I did, I'm kind of glad that they did, was the force connection that was built between Rey and Kylo. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, and I liked how in the Palpatine scene she was able to transmognify whatever her one of the lightsabers to Kylo, so he could battle. It was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and actually, I thought that whole—I think they call it a diactive, from what I remember from the movie—that whole that strong connection between the two of them is—it was like that was like that's the stuff I want to see more of, like as in. I want to see more new stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's what. That's mm-hmm. why. That's my criticism about this film is that I wanted more new stuff, and I loved that. I mean, for good or for wor- for better or for worse, I'm happy to see new stuff. Yeah. Um. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I I totally buy that. Like, that's kind of interesting. These two are wholly unique in the sense that there's a interesting connection between the two of them. Um. They're very. They're both very strong in the force, and they. And they can work like they have that ability to basically work with each other, and it would have been an interesting, um, yeah. Like if that whole if the whole saga was built on this whole connection, I mm. would have been like so on board of this like thing. And it was actually the strongest part for me of the whole movie, and even the last and even the last movie was that connection they had between mm. the two of them. 
Well, speaking of the whole saga, like, I think when George Lucas was in charge of it all, he was saying this whole thing was Anakin's story, whereas I think now the prequel series is all about Anakin, the the, the original trilogy is all about Luke, and now this trilogy has been Ray's story, kind of. Yeah. So it's very... Um, and that connection between her and, and Kylo, it's, it's different, it's good, it's unique. And, um, yeah, I, it's one of the few things that I th- liked about The Last Jedi and what that introduced. And I'm glad they were able to carry it over into this one. Yeah. And, 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 and like, also, you know, make some thing new about, it, like, the whole being able to transport items like the lightsaber between each other and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. And the necklace too from that whole planet dancing thing, which was pretty cool. How he was able to find out where she was by, you know, taking her necklace and IDing it. That was cool. My sister watched that scene and the first thing she said was, that scene where they go to the festival. And the first thing she said was, oh, they're going to Burning Man. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because that's exactly what you think when you see it the first time. It's like, all right, they're obviously going to Burning Man. So (laughs) somebody was obviously, uh, somebody obviously wrote that into the script. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was... There obviously the arc too, like her story arc, where um, obviously this whole movie is about like the identity of Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, again another middle finger to the Last Jedi fans, where they just said, "No, she's not nobody. She's somebody, and she's yeah. not just nobody. She's not just somebody. She's a Palpatine." It's like, yeah, well, you kind of there were theories back when the Last Jedi came out that he was just lying to her to get her riled up. So that was that wasn't too hard to. Ver- to dismiss like yeah he was just making stuff up to to annoy her yeah so yeah and i think way back like when the when force awakens came out there was some theory out there that she that um she was palpatine's daughter so i was going to be something like that she was either going to be the missing skywalker or palpatine's daughter or something she was going to be connected in some way and they couldn't just have her be a nobody so it was you know it's pretty obviously going to be someone she could have been a well. There was other things that were shipping that she was a Kenobi. Yeah, um, that too. Yep. Um, you know, good old Ben was just hanging out in Tatooine. Had didn't have much time. Nothing to do. <laughs> didn't have nothing didn't to have do. See, so it's just like sowing his oats everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. There might be another series in that somewhere. You never we know. Might, we might see the children of Kenobi. Well, he he was in the Clone Wars. He was like shipping with shit. Was it Satine, Prince Satine, or whatever? Do you remember that? Did you watch? Nah. You didn't watch Clone Wars. I didn't watch all of them. I watched bits and pieces. There is a princess from Mandalorian, man, the for Mandalore, who he ships with for a little bit. But unfortunately, I don't know if this is a spoiler for anybody, but she doesn't quite make it. I won't tell you who. I'll give you at least who. I don't tell you who kills her, but she doesn't make it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you never know. There could have been more romances that we don't know about with uh, with good old Obi. Yeah, they could come up with anything. Who knows? It's a long time period in lo- between the end of the third one and when they meet up in the fourth one. Somebody pointed out, uh, I listened to this other podcast called the uh, For Binge Mode, which is a, a Star Wars podcast. It's really funny, actually. They, I've heard of that, uh, I think. They're quite... They're, they get a bit used to because they do, they do, I mean, they do, um, initially when I heard it, I was like, I'm not sure if these guys actually like Star Wars, like the prequels and stuff, but they do love all the Star Wars movies. So mm-hmm. they just like making fun of them as well. Um, <laughs> so there was one episode, they were talking about how the the time when Obi-Wan drops off uh, Luke and to when we meet Ben again, when we met Obi-Wan again, he's, it's only, he's only aged like maybe, it's only been 16 years and they just say, man, 
aged <laughs> like uh, Tatooine has not been kind to like yeah. Obi Wan in that sixteen years. Like- well, when you think about it, he's out in the sun all the time, <laughs> which really damages your skin. Like, there's two suns as well, so that's going to be like twice. The yeah, skin damage, but he goes like- from like thirty to like sixty in like sixteen years. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, you know. It can it can it can that that SPF whatever it is <laughs> that'll do it to you. Uh, poor poor uh, poor Obi Wan. Anyway, so um yeah, so the what would we, uh, yeah, so it was good. I like that there was a little bit of an identity thing going through uh that that identity thread where they kind of introduced that at the beginning is like who like he got she goes to Burning Man and the little kid asks so like who is she and she doesn't have a last name she doesn't have a family last name. And yeah. then at the end, she 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 realizes she's a Palpatine, but realizes she's more like a Skywalker, and then steals the Skywalker name from the uh, Skywalker <laughs> family because there's nobody to object. That's uh, true. There's no more Skywalkers <laughs> left that we know of. I, um, I was thinking that lady might freak out a bit more because you'd think the the one that asked her who she was, because you'd think that Skywalker would be a bit of a more well known name at that point. She's like, oh my gosh, you're a Skywalker. Can I have your autograph? That sort of thing. But no, we didn't see any of that. Oh, Just are you the, related to that Anakin Skywalker who killed all those sand people? One, you know, massacred that whole village of sand people. Yeah. It's like, oh no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> the good one. Uh, anyway, so um, what else is that? The okay, so I'm just gonna quickly go through the cameos that were in this movie. Um, yep. So we had the st- oh, we're not the st- so we had uh, Jodie Comer. I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is, Jodie Comer? Let me look that up. Uh, uh. Yeah. Jodie Comer as Ray's mother. We had Dennis Lawson as Wedge Antilles. We did see, did you realize there was Wedge at the end of the last battle? He was like in it for I, a second. I wondered who that was because yeah. they made a big point of pointing him out. And I'm like, that's got to be someone important. He also wasn't wearing a helmet. So that's how you know who it was. <laughs> they really wanted you to know who that was. Hey, that the, the guy who was serving the emperor, the bad guy. He said that he'd served him back in the clone in the old war, yes. and now he was serving him. Was he in the prequel series as well? Was he want someone else they brought back? Don't know. I've never seen him. Yeah. Be- I've never seen him before. He looks familiar, but I don't know whether he looks familiar because he was in one of the other movies or whether he was in another movie, different movie entirely. I'm not sure. I have a feeling he was a holdover from the Empire. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he just sort of got drafted in the first order from the Empire. Um, yeah, yeah. So, how do you feel like they treated Rose in this film? Because I felt in The Last Jedi, they really introduced her character as like meant to be a love interest for Finn, but she kind of took a back seat in this one. Kind of, I think, another fan service thing because she wasn't well-liked from The Last Jedi. Yeah. But I actually quite liked her, and I really would have liked to have seen her and Finn, you know, do more in this one, but they were kind of separate the whole thing. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. I was happy with it. I didn't like Rose's character at all. Oh, I got nothing nice. wrong. I got nothing against the actress. She's a fine actress. She seems like a lovely person. Thought she was the most. She was the most ancillary character. I just couldn't. If the biggest criticism I have with the Last Jedi, and this is the biggest one I have, is the mm. Rose and Finn arc of that whole. Oh, thing. when they just, go to the casino yeah, planet, yeah, just that was could not terrible. care less. I just didn't yeah. care about. I thought this was the most pointless mission. And the most pointless arc of that whole movie was that arc. Was just yeah, like, I, I don't care that. about this. I actually yeah. didn't want... Um, I actually thought the movie would have been a lot better if they got... And I'm sorry, I wish they got rid of that character. I just didn't need her to be there. Um, so that that to me was like fine. I just didn't... I don't have any love for Rose, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I felt... I did feel like they were trying to um, set up that other um, chick that they introduced as the other storm... Another stormtrooper. Um, 
uh, AWOL chick yeah. as an, as another kind of love interest for her. But then they set her off with Lando, which on a whole different, which is probably setting up a whole other set of movies. But, um, yeah, yeah. There was obviously an implication that it was going to go off in a different direction, right? Like there was yeah. going to be a Lando and uh, what's her face? What was her name? I've got it. Hang on a sec. Let me look it up. Anyway, that chick, the ex-Stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, she, uh, Jana. Jana is her name. Jana. Mm-hmm. Jana. Anyway, so she was, um, yeah, it definitely sounded like she was uh, going off on a on a on a on a sexy adventure with Lando. So <laughs> yeah. that was a bit creepy. I wasn't couldn't, it? I couldn't not see it. It was just all. <laughs> I, I, well, I was watching. Let's I, find out, shall I was, we? <laughs> I was watching it a second time, and I was like, "Did I? Am I just reading that because it's Lando?" But it's like, no, that was definitely that didn't feel like a platonic. Let's go find out. It felt like, yeah, like you want to ride on my ship kind of thing. I that, was like, that was a booty call if ever I heard one. <laughs> uh, it was just funny, man. Um, yeah, so we also had Lin Moran. We also had Lin Manuel Miranda. If you know who he is, he's like a, a guy in the musicals. He was one of the Resistance fighters. Oh. Um, you know, you know who we didn't see. Who? And I can't remember. You know that chick from Jurassic Park who was also in. The Last Jedi. Did she die yeah. in The Last Jedi? She died, man. She, she, died, she died. She died hardcore. She flew. She flew oh, the ship to right. hyperspace. She flew the, the hyperspace ship. Never mind. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, John Williams was in this movie. I don't know if you recognized him. Yes, I saw him. They, they, because he was like the bartender, wasn't he? Correct. Yes. I'm like, he looks familiar. I'm sure I know. I thought it was Frank Oz for a second, but no. Um, yeah, so there was definitely him. Good. I'm glad I remember that. They always made a point of making these people who were, who were meant to be noticeable stick out. And he was one of them. Yeah, he was like a super obvious cameo. Although yeah. I didn't recognize him straight away. I was like, I had to, somebody, my sister pointed out, I was like, oh, yeah, it totally was. JJ mm-hmm. um, Abrams was the voice of Dio, which was the little. Uh, oh, that little thing was yeah. so annoying. Yeah. I didn't. He was just, I think he was just felt like introduced as something just made to sell toys. It was like. What, what was this what did he do again besides speak english and and like say sorry all the time and not like being touched like what was his deal he was just he was just a, a i don't know it was just a, it was just a friend it was just a friend for for bb8 yeah, it was just a friend for bb8 to celebrate with at the end of the end of the movie it was just so it was just i don't know i liked him but it was just kind of pointless <laughs> uh, matt smith apparently was in this movie i don't know what as yeah um harry now this is where i reckon this is now they reckon uh, Harry Styles and or Ed Sheeran was also in an unknown role. Um, now I reckon it was the Stormtroopers who were yeah, mind controlled be. because I was had thinking be. those that could not. There's no way that would have just been just nobody's doing that scene. Mm-hmm. It had to be at somebody, and I have a I have a feeling it must have been like those two because the way they were playing it was just like these are just two guys who get a cameo. <laughs> um, that was a funny scene though. It was it was good. Hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> uh, what else was that? Uh, okay, the other thing that kind of bugged me about this movie was the fact that these bloody... Okay, where did Palpatine amass these Star Destroyers from? Like, just suddenly he's just well, got, like, a zillion star, like, star Destroyers? Well, those are the other people that were in the... Um, I, I was watching another podcast and they were explain- they, they mentioned that those were the people that were in the... Um, the at the end scene with him that got... That like we got blown away by what the guys would, what the fight was doing. They 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 they're the ones that built the star destroyers. The people in the auditorium with him. Who are he, they? They're just other Sith. 
you know, just hanging out, building, building, building ships. You know, building all the Star Killer weapons and stuff. Are the Sith like the Freemasons? Are they just like hanging? Like, do they just do a lot of these things in secret and nobody knows? Are they just everywhere? I feel like it. Are we just concerned that the galaxy is ever run by these like Sith Freemasons that are just in everything and everywhere? Well, maybe they're maybe they're not Sith. They're just working for the Sith. Because you remember how there's always two: one um, a master and an apprentice. So maybe the the others are just like the Sith builders. Like they don't have, um, but yeah, but yeah, that's who that's who built the Star Destroyers. Those, those guys in there is the theory. Interesting. Yeah. But I thought all the uh, Star Destroyers are built on Freak. What did they say it was in Solo? Uh, anyway, there's a planet on Sol. There's a planet in the. There's a planet that, uh, what is it? What the heck is I this? Corellia. Corellia. That's it. Yeah. Corellia. Possibly. But, um, you know, now they're also built on, um, Exxon or whatever that planet's name is. Exegol. Exegol. It's a great place to get your petrol. And this <laughs> is, uh, all right. So, and also this too, this whole plan that Palpatine has to amass this, this has got to be the longest plan to take over the galaxy. I mean, he's been starting this plan since the beginning of episode one. And now it's at a coming to fruition in episode nine. So, which involved... Like 70 years or something. Well, it's a long, long, long time. time. Long time. And not just that, he had to die as well. Um, you know, it took him 70 yeah. years to... And he had a Death Star in between. He had a couple of Death Stars in between. He also had Starkiller Base in between. Well, he's, they're not saying his plan went exactly to plan. There was a bit of a few hitches along the way. Like it would have been a lot quicker if the first Death Star had worked, but obviously, um, um, he came to the realization once his granddaughter was born that um, you know that she was going to be the one that would have to be the one to lead them all. So you think he was just doing this to build this empire in secret? Well, I think he had he, that. That was the overall goal was to rule the galaxy and stuff and he had all these other missteps along the way that ended up getting thwarted by the rebels until finally ray was born and he realized that this is going to be the one to complete his um manifest destiny sort of thing but he i what i didn't get is why he thought he had to die in order for her to become um the the um the one in charge but then it didn't end up being the case because she ended up giving all the, her power to him anyway. So he decided, oh, well, no, I can do this anyway. Now that I've taken all your, your your power, I can just do it myself. Don't need you to kill me after all. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, like, sure. why did she, uh, did he care about her? Like, I, I don't feel like he cared about her that much. Yeah, I'd like to see a, a proper, fuller explana- exploration of um, his uh, granddaughter, his his relationship with his children and his relationship with his granddaughter and he's like who's somebody who has had has had to like sleep with Palpatine along the way too for him to have kids and for him that his kids to have grandkids like where's the story behind that yeah well that's true yeah I mean okay so apparently the guy in the flashback was his son yeah yeah and it yeah and um and then obviously Ray was his daughter so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah that's interesting I, I there's a lot of holes in the story that just I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, this film asked more questions yeah. than it answered. But like I said, this movie feels like. Did you ever see the original Michael Bay Transformers? Mm-hmm. Of course. That movie doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you go with it because it's so it's so bloody fun. And I feel <laughs> like this movie is basically the same vein in that it really if you if you stop to think about too much of it, it doesn't actually make tons of sense. But it is. 
I will I will say that it is a kind of a fun movie though. Like there there are definitely scenes in this movie where I was like, that's that's kind of cool. Like I said, that that scene at the Death Star was actually wow. Like that fight with Kylo and Rey was actually really really cool. Yeah, um, and we haven't talked about how Han came back. That that that, caught, was that caught me surprise. super off guard. Like I was like, yeah. when I heard his I voice, did you did you pick it straight away that it was his voice? Uh, I knew it was him straight yeah. away. It was, but it was just so I'm surprised they were able to keep that a secret for so long. Seriously, man, that was a good that was a good secret. Oh yeah, I was I actually was like, whoa, that's that was a great scene. Um, mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. the second time around, I was actually getting a bit emotional with that scene. I was like. This is like this is this is hardcore, man. Like it's good, and it makes that whole scene actually plays out. I don't know if it really logically plays out, but it plays out emotionally correct in yep. the sense that that's why he changes. That's why he decides to throw his lightsaber away. Mm-hmm. And I loved how it mirrors the scene from uh, the Force Awakens, where just before he murders his dad, um, I realized too that that was a memory. That wasn't. A, I was trying to figure out what that was, but that was to him was a memory that he was pulling. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell it was a memory because um, Harrison Ford was actually showing emotion and acting properly in this scene. He wasn't just the same old wooden bounty hunter that he's always been throughout the rest of the entire movies. He actually showed some pathos. He actually was acting pretty good in that scene, wasn't he? He was. It was really, really good. And it was just, yeah, probably one of my favorite parts of this film. That was, that was a, that was a shock. I was, Mm -hmm. I, I was a little bit fanboying a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Harrison Ford. And he still looks really good. I didn't see this coming. No, you're not. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) Um, That was a good scene. I actually did like that. Was a great. um, That was definitely one of my favorite scenes too. Was uh, geez, that caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the second time was great. Um, uh, Let's see. We had Poe. What did you think of like Poe? Poe's arc was interesting too. I guess at least he got an arc this time. There was a bit more of him trying to figure out. Yeah. I, d- I didn't really like him in The Last Jedi because he wasn't really even much to do, but this one I feel like he was explored a bit more. Yeah. So I kind of we, I kind of liked his character a bit more in this one. He got a bit more to do. He had yeah. to actually take he had to take some initiative. Um, mm-hmm. He had to actually question whether he was a good leader or not. He had the most jokes by far. Like, he just <laughs> had all the jokes. I suppose he's supposed to be the hard solo of this series. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I think I think the whole he was he was pretty good. I think we, he can get a pass in this one. It was fine. I, I actually like. I actually was happy with how they handled him a bit better. Like he wasn't as, he wasn't as. Uh, he actually got something to do. Same with Finn. Finn actually got something to do in this series as well. Like yeah, um, yeah. Well, oh, I'd re- I'd really like to see Finn explored a bit more because his whole I used to be a Jedi, but now I'm not. Things just seem to pass over that. Like yeah, that's like that's the other thing too that I realized was another missed opportunity was the fact that they had such a great setup. For a stormtrooper who didn't want yeah. to join, who didn't want to be a stormtrooper anymore, mm-hmm, like there could have mm-hmm. been so much more interesting things they could have explored there. Um, Did I say Jedi? I meant stormtrooper. Yeah, I know what you meant. Um, it's yeah, all good. cool. I understood. I'm sure the audience knew what you meant. But, yeah. it, but the, what would have been interesting, I think, is if he was a stormtrooper and then he had force abilities. Would have been interesting. Was that he was? A- well, here's the thing: because he started to feel the force a bit in this episode, because he felt because he, he said he felt like the force was leading him yeah. and directing him, and that calls back to the very last scene in the Last Jedi, where I think um, Ryan Johnson was trying to get off the point that um, everyone can feel the force and everyone can be force sensitive if they want to, because we kind of saw that at the end of the Last Jedi. 
when that scene where the boy pulls the broom to him or something. Do you reckon that's what it meant? I don't reckon that's what it was. I think it was just more that there are more Jedi's out there than we think. They're just not. But because there's no Jedi Order, you know, mm. there's no there's nobody to actually identify these kids at the moment. No, I kind of feel like it really meant that anyone could be Force sensitive. I think I read something or saw something along the way there that actually explained it. That's maybe what it was. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and that's another thing that was kind of abandoned by by this film. But kind of, but then again, not really because Finn did say he could feel the Force or he was using the Force to feel it directing him or something slightly in this way. But again, something that you know. I really would have liked to have seen his character, that sort of side of him, explored a bit more. But what are you going to do? It's Ray's story. Yeah, it was pretty much Ray's story. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like uh, Finn's character didn't get explored. There was a more potential for him to actually get a more fleshed out story. But like I said, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Rose, si- like you know, like sidetracked him a little bit in the Last Jedi. Like where the development would have happened for him would have been in the Last Jedi, and there just wasn't anything to explore there. Like it was just like why. It was just such a wasted opportunity, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. that's why I really dislike. I, I have to agree. Like I was watching a Chris Stuckman um, review about the Rise of Skywalker, and he says that he likes the Last Jedi, but he says every time he sees the Canto Bite scene, he hates yeah. it. He hates it even more. And yeah. I have to agree with him. Like it's actually the thing that infuriates me most about that story is that whole Canto Bite scene. And yeah, the re- it's weird. They free the animals, but they don't free the sh- the human slayers. It's, it's like- such a pointless. It's such a pointless scene. Yeah. Like it just doesn't the, make any sense for it to be there. And the way they introduced the guy, the the guy with the key or whatever, it was just ugh, everything so about that. It everything. was just like, why? Yeah, it, it was almost like everything they did was so inconsequential. It was like w- they didn't learn anything. They didn't grow in any kind of capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just nothing. It was so inconsequential. That's what I mean. Like it was just not. It wasn't even that entertaining. That scene. So yeah, yeah it frustrates me no end. Um, and even more so the, uh, we always laugh about that scene where Rose, like, you know, uh, knocks, knocks Finn off the, uh, the skipper when he's trying to blow up, like trying to stop the, uh, what's it called? The, the big. Yeah. I get what you mean. The big, the big, the the, big laser that's going to blow up the door. Yeah. And she says that line, (laughs) she goes, you can't, you can't. You can't something about unless she's what was that? She says some stupid line, and I think I laugh every time I see it because and then she kisses him and then like faints. See, that's what I mean. Like that whole that whole arc is just gone in 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 the rise of the rise of the Skywalker, and it's just yeah. There's nothing there. There's not they kiss and then they never talk about it ever again. And that's it. They don't even they don't even really connect in any way that's emotional, really. Yep, except for living in the same scenes together. (laughs) It's so. Yeah, like I told you, this whole movie is like a massive middle finger to the last Jedi. <laughs> uh, it was classic. No, it was um, overall. I I liked. I, I it's it's like I said. I have mixed emotions about this movie because I feel like a lot of it is just very, very heavy, like very, very heavily dipping into the nostalgia pool, and a lot of callbacks uh, to the original trilogy and the prequels, which I liked, but it is, I'm very wary that I'm going to come back to this and feel like maybe I was duped. I think that's the thing that I'm concerned about is that there's no substance and it's all just, you know, a lot of member berries. If you ever, if the, yeah. to use the South Park vernacular. And is that from South Park? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> where did you, where did you hear that from? I've probably seen it on Reddit or something. Oh, yeah. I really need to watch more South Park. <laughs> There is a uh, 
it, it basically it's these like berries that tell uh he goes remember this remember that you remember this and it's like you know disney is basically using it to uh help people try to like dip into their nostalgia and it sort of it sort of makes you forget what's actually good storytelling and just dips into your nostalgia hardcore <laughs> um which i that's what i'm just a bit wary about with this movie is that i did enjoy it and i think that there was bits of it i mean there are other bits of it but the original the initial impression i had of this movie that it was just a it was a massive mess like i i just didn't know how to feel uh I just felt like there was just so much going on in this film that I didn't know if there was a cohesive narrative here. Mm. Um, I don't know. I could I could follow the story pretty well, yeah. but um, I just felt it just wasn't enough of each character. Like the each character wasn't explored enough to satisfy me. Like the only one that got a decent conclusion was Ray. Yeah. I think we still need to see the other characters in some other form, like books or something, just sort of to finish them off or flesh them out a bit more. But who knows? We might even get that. Who knows what they might do? Nah, they won't do that. They'll just. Uh, they're not, I don't even know what kind of movie they're going to do next, right? Like this is yeah, uh, no one does. Um, I think I don't. I mean, there was rumors that they weren't going to do any more trilogies, but then what's his name, Bob Iger, came back and said, "No, no, no, that's not. We're not doing that. We're just that's just we're just not. We're not sure what we're doing next." So yeah, didn't didn't they say they didn't recently that they didn't want to be confined to the notion of doing a trilogy of films? They wanted to they wanted to be able to like do as many films as they want in a particular arc. Like four or five, right, even. Right, and um, I mean, obviously, I think they're getting. Did I? Did I? Hear, did I read somewhere that they're getting Kevin Feige to come on board? Is that just my? Mm, I, I, just I heard. That? I heard that as well. But now that he's been made the head of Marvel Studios, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But I do remember hearing that. Uh, anyway, what they need is a Kevin Feige to kind of help pull that together, which I suppose yeah, is just Captain Kennedy. But I don't know. Yeah, she's, she, yeah, she hasn't really been doing that as well as someone a kevin feige would is she even like kevin feige is a total marvel nerd so he's he knows all about the the, the universe of that so he can do that really well but is, is kathleen kennedy like the star wars version of that like does she know star wars back to front or that's a good question and i'm not sure if the and the other thing too about the star wars universe is that i don't think it's as dense as the marvel universe either so there's a lot more material to pull from in the Marvel universe is why they can keep. Oh, uh, I don't know. I know this. I, I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot. I'm just saying, like it's there is. Yeah, actually, that's a good question, isn't it? Maybe that's not. Maybe that's not a good theory. Maybe that's not right. Actually, I don't know why. I can't. Uh, that's the thing I can't figure out. Why can't they use the Star Wars like the Marvel model with Star Wars? Is the thing I can't figure out. Yep. Um, but at the same time, Mar- like the Marvel movies. So for every Avenger movie, there's like four other like character movies, right? So which yep. kind of link into the bigger movie, but they don't do an Avengers movie every other year, which I think maybe was the problem is that the saga movies maybe needed a bit more breathing room between movies. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like the Force Awakens maybe needed like a couple of years before they did another like another saga movie. Well, I think there was what a three four year gap between the original films. Yeah, even the prequel trilogy they had that bigger space. So. And between and this between this one and the in the newest trilogy, there's only been like two years or so between. Them, exactly. So. so maybe it just yeah. needed the space to actually uh, grow out those episodes. But mm. I don't know. I mean, look. Overall, I think this was a. I. I it, they managed to mitigate what could have potentially been a disaster. I think they've managed to mitigate that fairly well. Um, yeah. It's not a perfect movie by any means. Would you recommend this movie though? Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah. 
Definitely. I think if you even just to find out what happens, I'd, yeah. I'd recommend it. But I still think it's a good film, even if it does pander to the fans a bit. You know, I'm still a fan of it. Yeah, I think even though I'm more of a Star Trek person than a Star Wars person, so as a star, as someone who's not a big fan of Star Wars, I still as someone I just like it. Then you know, I I enjoyed the film enough as a as a non fanboyish fan of the of Star Wars that yeah, I liked it. Okay, I'm just going to read you what my initial review was when I first right right after I came out of it. So right. I read, I wrote in my Instagram feed. While Rise of Skywalker was a jumbled mess of a movie with some bright spots and some crazy, whacked-out, bonkers stuff, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's not a disaster. Okay, and then I rewrote. So I revised my review again right after I woke up. The, the, the film you now see. <laughs> uh, this was this is the second. Actually, I reviewed like this movie three times now. Revised review. <laughs> revised review for Star Wars after getting some sleep. So this is like six hours later or seven hours later. The more I think about this movie, the more I think this film is a massive mess, mainly because it attempts to please everyone but ends up pleasing no one. Still processing, but I don't know if I can say this is a good movie. Honestly, the word that comes to mind is weird. And I did actually think that because I was thinking, man, they just went they just went with the Pal I think the Palpatine arc was what weirded me out. I was just like, wow, they just went full on balls to the walls with just the Palpatine story. And like I think the idea too of just the whole, you know, fleet of star destroyers that have lasers that can blow up planets was just like what is what is well, this they had to up the ante somehow they had to up a, the stakes but that was insane somehow. though like it's just are we still blowing up planets is this what we do now like is this every well that's what i thought like that what was that was that palpatine's end game just to blow up all the planets and have nothing left to rule that's over that's what or, i'm trying to or... figure out like what is the go here is this there mm-hmm. yeah. anyway the logic was uh so I obviously use the word weird a lot as a as a obviously don't know why I was using the word weird, but I was. It's a weird Star Wars movie and script driven by committee rather than anyone's singular vision. I still think that's true, but uh anyway. But it was still an enjoyable committee movie. In all honesty, it makes me grateful that at least some we have some decent Star Wars to watch in The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think you think the Mandalorian's decent, okay. Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa, well, that's right. You don't like The Mandalorian. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. I just think it's very PG-13 to use the American rating system. You know what? It's very made for TV. It's a like TV. Old, it is a TV show for sure. It's like an old um, network TV show rather than a cable, premium cable TV story that we've gotten used to with these streaming services and, and stuff over recent years. So, I don't know. It's just not as dark and deep as i expected it to be and some of the acting is terrible wow oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i did i ha- i heartily disagree but uh i will i will <laughs> give you that opinion if you like uh, the only good thing about that show that i really like is the mandalorian itself and baby yoda everything else is like eh. there you go <laughs> uh, there's a mini review of this, the mandalorian this movie is weird straight up bonk is weird um what else did i say here and I gave some ratings for all the different random things, like ten out of cho- mm-hmm. ten out of ten for jokes that don't fit the tone of the scene, <laughs> nine out of ten dipping hard into the nostalgia bag. This whole movie is member berries, um, definitely. But then I did revise it and said, okay, I did watch this movie and I said, but it didn't seem. I up. I said, okay, Gar watched Rise of Skywalker again. I like this movie, but it's all over the place. But it didn't seem. I didn't. It did seem a little less random and shocking the second time around. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I said I noticed a few more details this time too. A lot of callbacks to everything from F one to six. 
And while this movie is a jumbled mess, it is an enjoyable mess. This scene in particular was one of my favorites with just the uh, fighting on top of the Death Star. Um, yeah, yeah. I think all the, all the fights in general were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of... I didn't really think it was a jumbled mess because I was still able to follow it pretty um, coherently. Like in terms of story structure, I think you understood what each character was trying to do and what what the what their intentions were, and their arcs were well, mostly Ray's arc, but was generally fairly complete. But there, but my nitpicks were more like small things, like pointless characters and fan servicing and all that sort of stuff but um nothing that overly ruined the movie for me just little things that were obviously put there to please certain people and you know we haven't even talked about c-3po yet uh yeah i mean it was a nice kind of send-off i i kind of was like thinking about that scene afterwards where he gets his memory wiped and he says he's got one last look at my friends and then they completely negate that scene when see when he gets his memory back you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, uh. and the but other that, thing, but that, yeah, that line was so cringeworthy in the trailer. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just, uh, but it actually, I think it worked quite well in the movie because you understood the context behind it. But yeah, it was the whole the whole intention of that scene was kind of yeah, like proved worthless when he ended up getting his memory back, and R two D 2s memory banks weren't quite as unreliable as he said they were. So it all ended up being fine in the end. And that's that's the same thing with when Chewie died as well. I thought, oh, good, they've actually pulled something surprising and killed off Chewbacca. And then they eventually... No, that was a fake out. If you don't see them die, like actually die... No, what I mean is like, if you didn't actually... If they don't get a ceremonial death, unlike Admiral Akbar, but if they don't get a ceremonial death, they didn't die. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just I just thought it would have been ex- unexpected and good that that he was at least trying something different. Yeah. But then they brought him back and it's like, oh, okay, of course he's No, dead. as if. I, I knew straight away he wasn't dead. I mean, it was shocking. That whole scene was shocking. And mm-hmm. the way Daisy Ridley plays that scene when Chewie dies is like that scream, that really shrill scream she does is yep. is fantastic. Like it's a really- Because she's res- she, she finally lets the dark side take yeah, over yeah. for a minute. Lightning bolts fly from her fingers and yeah. she re- realizes she's responsible for his death. And that was like really good. No, it was, a, it was but- that was a, it's a, it's a blood curdling scene. Although yep. I knew straight away he wasn't dead, but I was like the key. It's a good. It was it was well played out. Like you would definitely think that. Um, no, but I just I just wish he'd stayed dead. That would have been good. For no me. way. Like, yeah. That would have just been. He, it, you would have got so many angry fans if he was dead and you didn't see him actually die. Nah, nah. It would it, it would have been good if we'd like had a dramatic shot of him in the ship and then exploding behind him like we got with that Empire dude. But Admiral um, Akbar. No, not Admiral Akbar, the Empire dude, when um, his Star Destroyer was being destroyed at the end. The big bad guy. Oh, was, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. No, no, they would, like I said, it was, uh, there wasn't anything leading up to the, they hadn't built the groundwork for that to happen is what I'm trying to say. Like, Yeah, but that's what I mean. It would have been so surprising and out of left field. It would have been a Ryan Johnson thing to do to have him die like yeah, that. Yeah, there's no, there's no way. Like, they would have, te- they would have test screened that and people would have been upset. Like people would have visibly been like, I'm walking out of this movie. If nah, you can't kill like- you can't kill the dog, man. Like that's the rule. <laughs> I feel like the last Jedi last Jedi fans would have liked it and the last Jedi haters would have hated it. No, they were, I think uh, no, I just I there's I can't <laughs> even think <laughs> of a scenario where they could have killed off Chewie and it would have been all right with the fans <laughs> he would have had the well maybe if he did something super heroic but it would have just been in that capacity no way he would have had to go he would have had to go out in a blaze of glory of some sort 
it would it wouldn't have needed. died unceremoniously is what i'm trying to say yeah needlessly yeah. Ne- it wouldn't it would have been a needless death yeah um oh yeah the other thing too with c3po thing and i thought about this was so they friggin' can they can hack this guy's brain but they can't do a memory backup before they wipe his mind yeah at all mm-hmm. we're talking about in the future they don't have a way to i know they have memory backups because i saw in rogue one they put this bloody thing on they put the desktop plans into a disc that's a big set of plans. They could definitely back yeah. up C-3PO. Well, R2-D2 did have a backup of his memory from right before they well, got Well, exactly. So you're telling me they just didn't... This is like IT-101, man. You're just going to back him <laughs> up somewhere. It's not that Maybe hard. Maybe they just didn't have the time to do it they before. Didn't have the time to, they didn't have the time to do it. To save, the, to save the memory of their friend. Whatever. They could have uh-huh. they could have backed it up. In, they, if they weren't going to... They could have done it on the ship. That's probably what he was about to say before he got turned off. And he says, I've got another yeah, idea. Yeah, it's like he said, I've got another idea. He's like, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, I mean, look, that's fairly nitpicky stuff. But, yeah, you're you're right. Like, overall, the movie was pretty enjoyable. I think... I'll see what the box office is for this at the moment. Box office. Oh, it's, it's probably killing. Oh, I don't know. I've heard it, things that it, it hasn't done well in some places, like in China, maybe. Yeah, but China's never been a big place for for Star Wars, to be honest. Mm. Um, it hasn't really... Well, it's only made 60 mil. But that's not... Really? 60 mil, but that's only like today. Like, we're talking like it only came out on Wednesday. So, and that's not... You won't get the totals until next Monday. Next week. Yeah, you won't get okay. the full totals for next week. So, you won't really know what the actual number is. But that's so far, and this is only the pre-sale number. So, oh, okay. So you won't actually know until next next week what the actual numbers are. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's not as if we won't get a lot of st- another whole bunch of Star Wars films after this. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's yeah, I'm sure we'll be fine. Star Wars fans will be fine. <laughs> we'll all be good. Well, apparently, The Mandalorian isn't good enough for some of us. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm sure it's fine. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. It's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, but that's cool. Um, look, I think I think we. I mean, we could cover more, but this honestly could go on forever. But I think we'll, we'll probably remember more after we finish. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, but that's okay. But that's fine. We've covered we've covered a lot of great ground. There was, uh, it was a uh, yeah. I, I, th- I liked it. I, I liked it, and I know I'm not. I don't. I don't. Uh, what do you call? I I don't disagree with my initial opinions either. But I think it's it's a movie that definitely gets better on continual rewatches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it's fun it's a bit of a roller coaster it's definitely the most roller coastery of the newest ones for sure um, it has a lot in it. like it is just a lot of stuff um, and definitely and we get we do approach some Dragon Ball Z level Dragon Ball Z levels I can't call it Z Dragon Ball Z levels of like end fight scenes towards the end especially with the uh, you know that lightning scene with the Emperor and Rey and they're just forcing like lightning can you imagine trying to act out that scene <laughs> <laughs> like they obviously you have to try to act out that lightning as a uh, uh, like Hadouken sort of thing <laughs> basically oh, I've never actually watched Dragon Ball Z by the way I only know that from like the movie that I saw that was apparently really bad oh, it's but terrible. I didn't know any better so I thought it was fine <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like massive power levels. So you know, uh, to yeah, it, it was like her her power levels were going off the scale basically. Mm-hmm. But um, doesn't really explain why why Ray is suddenly good at everything. She's just good at everything all the time. We haven't. <laughs> she's a Palpatine apparently. Apparently, Palpatines are really good at everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just one of those people. But of course, of course, one of those annoying people that you hate because they just they, <laughs> everything goes well for them and they just, just good at everything. You know? Everything they pick up just turns to gold. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, man. I think that's it. I think we'll just wrap it up. Um, anything? Any last words? I uh, know. I just I just liked it. I think the people were hating it. But it was just wrong. Like you know, take it for what it is. It's a good movie. It's a good popcorn movie. Star Wars for me was never meant to be a it was never meant to be a deep and meaningful film. It was always meant to be just a fun little popcorny action film, fantasy film, and that's what this was for me. So yeah, I really liked it. it tied up enough loose ends, it made me happy, and I look forward to seeing whatever else they do um, in the Star Wars universe, as long as it's better than the Mandalorian. Ugh. Why did I invite <laughs> you on this podcast? Anyway, <laughs> no, that's cool. Thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. And yeah, um, guys, if you uh, have any thoughts, please leave a message uh, somewhere. I don't know where. I suppose Twitter would be the best place, or even my Instagram feed, which is Nick yeah. Benku. Do you want to? You want to? You want any Insta handles or any social media handles? You want to? Um, you want to plug? Yeah, I think I think I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter. Is just my name, Aaron Cheetah, spelt as it sounds. The uh, the cheetah and not the animal. So yeah. As in, like, the car cheater. Yeah, like, you know, the bad kind of cheater, right. not the good animal kind of cheater. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? It's the verb, verb of the word cheat, cheater. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. to cheat. Uh. To cheater. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time.